Every life has a story, and every story is worth sharing. Your story, my story, and our story speak of victory and defeat, joy and sorrow, resilience and vulnerability. They are not just our story, they are Christ's story in us. They are Kingdom Stories from Down Under. She's a daughter, she's a wife, she's a mother, she's also a chaplain, and a chaplain to the chaplains as well. Tonight we have a wonderful privilege to hear a beautiful story uh, of somebody who has journeyed with the Lord for quite some time, but who understands what it means to love, to care, and to inspire other people, especially those who have a heart for their children. Tonight at Kingdom Stories from the Ananda, we have the awesome privilege of having Natasha Reynolds. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You know, I always love those people who have a heart for the children. I believe that if you can connect with the kids, mm -hmm. you are very grounded in the sense you are connected with life. And the most beautiful um, aspect of life is to bring the kingdom of God to the kids mm -hmm. because they're ready. So special. I think we we don't focus enough and we don't prioritize enough the ministry uh, to the children. And those who understand it, they just humbly go about and do mm. it. And uh, I don't think you need a lot of motivation, do you? No. You know it. Yes. yes. But once you know it, you cannot not yes. know it. So there's a responsibility that comes with it. As a child, were you part of a Christian community? Did you get much input? Yes, growing up, very traditional Christian home. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so went to Sunday school, catechism during the week. Presbyterian school, church or uh, reform? Catholic. Catholic? Yeah. In South Africa? Yes. Mm. Okay. So grew up knowing about Jesus, about God. Mm -hmm. um, I remember it was quite beautiful, my mum was converted at about 16 um, from her faith to Catholicism. And she just had such a beautiful relationship with the Lord that growing up, I used to hear about Jesus, Holy Spirit and God. She used to talk, talk to him and about him and remind us to pray. And dad? Uh, yeah. Yeah, Both. his Bible on the counter. And yeah. yeah. No, not so much from him. Grandparents? Yeah. Very traditional Scottish yeah. grandparents. My grandfather died when I was quite young. Mm -hmm. And then my grandmother when I was 12, which was also young. Um, mm. But no, good good uh, Christmas midnight service and Christmas yeah. presents and all of that. We did that, yes. Yeah. So I knew about Do you Christmas. remember a lot of your childhood? I do. Um, Even before school? I do. I... One of the things that I share is I definitely knew that I was loved, but due to my own ways of perceiving things, I had three older brothers who loved to tease me. I, um, yeah, by the time I was a teenager, I was in a pretty dark, miserable place. Um, but I was loved, but we went through some nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, as kids, it was tough. So four kids? Yes, four. You're the youngest? I am. Three boys. Three boys. Bit of a tomboy growing up. Totally. Playing boy sports. 
Uh, bikes. My sports blowing up my dolls with my brothers. And <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, yeah. Country. I used to play with the dolls and that, but I was very much tomboy. Yeah. In the it's in a town. A city? In a little town. Little yeah. town. We used to go out to the sand dunes, playing all day, and get back before the sun sets, and out playing in clay pits, throwing clay at each other, and yeah, it was good fun in that aspect. Yeah. What were your parents yeah. doing? What were they working? Um, my dad worked with um, the civilian part of the Navy and yeah. my mum was a stay-at-home mum. She was quite beautiful. She said she would always just make sure that she was home for us, whether nice. we were out and about or whatever, but she was there. Mm. Which part of South Africa? Oh, Fish Shock in Cape Town. Oh, in the Cape. Yes. Nice. Beautiful. On the peninsula. Yeah. You could watch the sunrise or the sunset. Over Your choice. The sea. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Quite windy in winter. Uh, windy all year round. All year round. Yes. <laughs> windy all year round. Yeah. Wow. There's videos of people falling over in the wind. <laughs> it's pretty fun. <laughs> School yeah. life? School life? Oh, just normal in that fun. aspect. Yeah. Fun. Well, Did you speak Afrikaans? No. I'm an English South African. Okay. Um, the area that I grew up in, there were quite a few schools, but one little Afrikaans primary school. And then... The rest English. Yeah, they had to go over the mountain to to go. Because, like I said, my dad's Scottish and my mum was English South African as well. Um, so, yeah, it was... Do the Scots speak English? Mm. <laughs> do they? <laughs> what do they, do they speak I Scottish? My, I can understand my dad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's from Glasgow, so I think it's Gaelic. Um, yeah. 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 Wonderful. That's, yeah. So what happened in your teens? Yeah, so... For me, uh, yeah, I was a good little Christian kid, went to, like I said, Sunday school and everything, and then young teenagers just started feeling a bit lost um, and withdrawn, and then a friend of mine introduced me to my husband, we were 15, I wow. was 15, he was 19, 20, bachelor, um, living on his own, and her brother was his best friend so anyway so we all met um and yeah used to travel with the navy um i remember the first day i met him i, I did when i left i was like i'm gonna marry him um might have been a bit of like to marry him but he, yeah there was something straight away um but i was young and i we then got introduced to a few people through that same group and got involved in things that i should not have gotten involved in um and i got very scared it was for many months we got involved in the cult stuff and yeah cult and yeah anyway and what was it what well, started with ouija boards and all of that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um and i just got so scared the one time and i was like walking home I was so miserable I can remember I was incredibly depressed as a chaplain now if there were chaplains around me then oh, <laughs> it would have been so oh, much I would have so been there yeah um we'd had quite a few suicides in our family we had have quite a few break yeah it was and you knew it all yeah yeah so mm-hmm. it was it and then all of this on top of it a lot mm-hmm. of scary stuff um I didn't want to share too much anyway and a lot of scary stuff and I was walking home from school, which was literally 
not even 800 meters away, more kilometer around the bend. Yeah. And I was walking in the gutter. I must have looked like a very typical teen, looking very lost with my head hung low. There were no phones. And no phones, but my head was low. No phones. You were searching for one. I was searching. And I was literally kicking the dirt. Yeah. And I remember saying... As, as a tomboy does. Yeah. But I remember saying, Lord, Jesus, I don't know you, but if you are real, please show up because I can't do this. So and you're about 14, 15 now? I was 15. And no lies, right in front of me was a little sparkle. and In the ground? It was a silver little sparkle in the sand. Um, not even five millimeters. And I bent down and I literally picked up the cross. Um, what was it? The cross. <laughs> I picked up a cross. It was um, a cross? I do have a picture, yeah. Wow. So you know those little flat silver crosses? It's about yeah. that big. Yeah. Um, that are on the front of old Bibles, mm -hmm. um, that kind of flat. Yes. And I picked up the cross. I literally picked up the cross. Wow. And for about a week or two, I slept with that in my hand. A lot of the nightmares slowed down. A lot of the horror slowed down, but it was still there. And Wayne came home from a trip, my husband. Were you, were you watching Oh, we movies? were involved in everything. I, mean, I think I'm, I was very young when I watched the movie Poltergeist. Um, my older brothers loved scary movies. Mm -hmm. And my... One older brother's really into heavy metal and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, we did, so the darkest, we did stupid things. The darkest, yeah. the better. Yeah. and We did stupid things. So you stay up all night and watch these? Mm. And get involved in playing stupid things. and um, Yeah, enough of the dark. Anyway, I was very no. thankful to find Jesus. Yeah, yeah. And he just Not. calmed some of it down. Because I would lie in bed at night and these things would just feel like they're just coming on me and... And I was just able to sleep. Physically as well or emotionally? Mm. Physically, emotionally, in my dreams, close my eyes and see it. Um, Narcotics as well? Were you taking anything? No. It was just... No, no drugs, thank God. It was yeah, just what you were that. watching, what, just rituals and whatever you're allowed in the spiritual realm to creep in. Mm. Scary? Yeah, so when Wayne came home, we phoned, we got a bit involved. Um, he phoned somebody that he knew and spoke to them. It was a priest in his boarding school. Um, and yeah, I was going to church, but anyway, I didn't speak to my priest. And yeah, and he spoke to this person that had, we'd been involved with, and he'd said something to the effect of, oh, yeah, after playing one widget ball game, I told the spirit to look after Natasha when I was gone. Um, and that's when we realized that, that yeah. That's because, and we prayed into it, and we prayed about it. I had no idea what I was actually doing at all. Um, but there was just this... And in that, Wayne and I then became friends um, mm -hmm. because we worked this journey together and prayed and we were just friends for a couple of years. And yeah, so that, that was that beginning journey of being 15, finding the cross for myself, knowing that, man, Jesus must be real because he, he so literally that was, showed up. that was a turning point. Uh, it, was a, it was a general turning point because I still carried on in the church that I only knew I stopped doing some of the ritualistic things. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be able to tell you why. I just did. Mm -hmm. um, well, the cross was having but, an effect. But we just carried, yeah, but, and, and that's all I knew. So I, we, we got married, well, we started going out when I was 17. We got married just before my 19th birthday, so we were 18. I was 18. Um, had my first daughter when I was 20, the other one when I was 22. A mm -hmm. couple of years on, um, I found myself in another very dark space. Um, my husband was traveling, oh, his worst year was 220 days. Oh. Um, away 
Um, but we had eventually had the Navy. Of contact here, Navy and then oil and gas. But at that time, he was in the Navy. And I dropped him off at the Navy. So we had a four-year-old and a six-year-old. Dropped him off for his trip. And on my way home, I had an incredibly dark encounter with my own thoughts. And my daughter, the oldest one, said something. And if what I can't remember what she said, but God just, whatever she said, stopped me from driving off the cliff with my two girls in the car. It was, um, yeah. And then I don't think Wayne's trip happened or we came back very early and I said to him, I need help. And he just went, oh, thank God. Because <laughs> when you're in that space, nobody can tell you you need help. Nobody can. And I know it as a chaplain as well. You, know, you, you can see you that people listen. are dark. You, yeah. Well, you just carry on. You're trying to survive. Um, and I'm okay. Um, I was a strong woman. I well, I think the Bible says once you were darkness, yeah. not in darkness, you were darkness. And I just didn't want anything else. Uh, yeah. So I just thank God for that moment. And then I started looking for help. I did go on medication. and But I really do feel that that medication gave me a place of... Um, I could start to see through the fog. I could see through the darkness. It eased. It eased the, the anxious. Danger. It eased the depression. It. Um, I. I was definitely sleep deprived and all of that kind of stuff. But I denied it for so long. Mm. But when I could start seeing again, oh, and about the same time, my a close family member and a friend were radically saved. Mm-hmm. This close family member went from being almost a drunkard, um, womanizer, determined to destroy his life, to literally waking up with a Bible in his hands one day. He he just said literally he woke up, obviously through the night somebody had given him a Bible or something, yeah. and he had a Bible in his hands. And the radical conversion in him, literally overnight he, yeah. it was one of those literally overnight everything changed my husband and i looked at each other and we said we don't know a god that can do that mm. and we want to know the god can, that can do that yeah so i was about 26 and we started our own personal then that relationship journey with jesus so i've known him from 15 trying to figure out whatever and then this now this place of a, a gentle peace that came over me that i was able to seek Mm. And then for about two years, we started to seek in. We moved from that church to another church. Um, Bible stories came to life. I learned a lot about myself. I can only help children down the line and others once you're all, of you course. know. So there was a lot of healing and processing to do. And your husband? Um, he was on the journey with you? Or? Yeah, when I met him, he was what he called an atheist. Um, I was a very hard-headed 15-year-old, I said, there's no such thing as an atheist. You believe in something even if it's yourself. (laughs) So I just said to him, I said, well, you know where I am every Sunday and I'm not going to ask you. You can just join me when you want to. And he was okay with it. And one day, I don't know when, but one day he joined me. He just came to church. So we were married um, in the church. Um, I hadn't gotten through my confirmation, but he had. So we were allowed to get married in that (laughs) church. (laughs) So he he went through his confirmation even though he was a... Yeah, it was when he left the boarding school. Yeah. He became the atheist. He wasn't yeah. an atheist. He was but, just, yeah. yeah. Lightning was going to bolt in. Yeah. <laughs> it was one of those. Um, agnostic, totally. And yeah, so he, he, we both started that journey together at 26. When I was 26 and he would have been about 30, we both saw that change 
in these people and wanted something more. So what church did you go um, to? Yeah, well, we form? actually went to Sunday service then when all that happened and said, we want to get to know this God. And the minister that was um, doing the sermon that Sunday said, it's too nice a day, so I'm not doing a sermon. We'll just do the communion and you can all go home. Um, and God will use anything because we were so hungry. I was, we were like these dry sponges waiting to get, yeah. you know, this water. And you were disappointed. And he just said, we're not, he's not doing a sermon. And we were like, ah. And we walked outside and we went, we've, we've got to find someone who can. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I can't remember how, but we ended up at this beautiful Baptist church that was quite known in our area. And yeah. the pastor there he just brought our Chris he brought our Christian Bible stories to life yeah you know I would hear them and go oh my goodness mm. <laughs> it you mean something yeah um I was just ready to hear so we were just sponges I went to Bible college then um we then after two years found an AOG church for mm-hmm. gospel church and that's when we started our journey of so you went to Bible college both of you I, I just, just you. Yeah. Was that to to learn about God or you wanted to do some ministry or? All of the above. Yeah. I, I was involved in women's ministry and Bible studies and just wanted more. I just, mm-hmm. I, we were li- literally, if you take like a dry sponge and put it yeah. into the water, it just soaks it up. I was like that. And you had two children yes. at this stage? Yeah. And how did you manage that with, with the school? Uh, I, the Bible college was... Um, Two evenings a week and assignments every week. So it was full on. I did my yeah. assignments at two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> as you do, yeah. as a mom. Yeah. Um, it was just such a beautiful testimony of firstly how God carries you and gives you the grace yeah. to. Yeah. Because my six-year-old at that time, um, she did something. I, I, I had been through the process and so there with forgiveness and wholeness and all of that. But... I remember doing, she did something and she flinched waiting for me to react. And I said, oh, sweetie, it's okay. And she looked and she said, where's my mum? <laughs> and I said, Jesus is here now. It's not like that anymore. So she just saw the difference. Wow. And that was that grace to just carry on um, learning, studying, very involved in the church. They just went with us on everything. My youngest um, beautiful gift to see angels and um, wow. connected with God. And just they're both so beautifully connected with the Lord. Um, mm. And from young, because they're just experienced, they have the testimony of watching their mum just radically converted as well. Just a passion for so Jesus. They noticed. And, that, oh. and your husband? The darkness was gone. I stopped the medication. I was just Healed. passionate. And him as well. Absolutely. We both, he got involved in men's ministry. And was he more at home? Or still, no, still, no, still away. Yeah, still away. We, yeah, but we both just went through a healing process from prayer ministry, personal ministry. Um, Did you growing. have some spiritual fathers or mothers? Yes, quite a few. Who, who yes. was uh, very close to you. Yeah. So we had in 2007, I did um, the Bible college and then actually the end of 2007 with all the spiritual guidance and counsel um, and parents saying, yes, we moved to Australia. So how was, did that come about? Yeah, so we, we were, um, how did that come about? My husband by then was working in an international company where we pretty much, he was, tra- was in training by then, we pretty much could live anywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. And it was quite a special place to be, but we loved South Africa. Yeah. Um, in between all of that, my mum had also passed away. And I remember saying to Wayne, 
I'll always miss my mum wherever I go. Mm. And my dad loves traveling and he's a traveler. And he moved when he was 10, so he'll be okay. And I had two brothers that were living overseas already yep. um, in the UK. And then my third brother was up in Pretoria. And I was like, let's, you know, if, if you find a place, let's go. So he was traveling and Skype was our friend. He would correct the kids even over at Skype. They've got such fun memories about that. We just put him on the dining room table. <laughs> he would just, yeah. Um, say, girls, stop doing that. We obviously had a lot of family time as well. Sure. But it, it was just part of our life. It's yeah. part of my life. So the one day he phoned and he'd, he had a trip here and he was staying at the Rendezvous Hotel. Mm-hmm. And he called me on his way to there from the airport. And he said, love, I think we're going to move here. Yeah. It's just amazing. It's not sh- yeah, it's just amazing. <laughs> and I'm writing, I'm like, oh my goodness, we're moving. <laughs> yeah. And we just, yeah. There, there was a few other confirmations. Um and we embraced it. We brought our 11 and 13-year-old girls over with us and embraced every ounce of it. So that was in the middle of the the seeped in yeah. the Lord and growing in Him and Bible College and all that. You were ready to do something mm-hmm. amazing. At Bible College, we also did a public speaking mm-hmm. um, unit. And of course. I totally was petrified of public speaking. I was totally denied that I even had a story um, <laughs> the lady said everybody has a story just write it and I mean who finds the cross the literal cross yeah, yeah, yeah. when they're 15 and say you got no story to tell I'm yeah. like oh my gosh anyway and you I, probably you forgot about the story until yeah, then yeah and you also I, I was petrified though yeah. I was petrified to talk I, mm. I, I know now that the enemy just did not want me to talk sure he desperately did not want me to share my story and to be able to talk to people about my story, to well, just about Jesus. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, there's an anointing to see people set free. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, so, but literally when we came to having to do our practice and speaking and actually doing it, I, I got laryngitis. I was as sick as anything. <laughs> and I phoned her and I said, well, I can't speak. And she goes, you're joking. So I said, I was so sick. I had to go on antibiotics and everything. Anyway, <laughs> I eventually did it for her with yeah. a small group. Um, but oh, it, was so, it was funny, but not funny. Yeah. And then we moved here and got plugged straight into a church, which was just beautiful as well. Mm-hmm. Wayne was literally blown into this church. Okay. Um, he went all the way down Scarborough Beach Road and checked out every church along the way. Yeah. And there was a sign leaning off to the one to the left and he went down there parked and the wind blew him in with the leaves <laughs> into the doors and so we got plugged in there for a good few years just mm. loved it yeah loved was it, it a loved church it. of christ or it was c3 beachway with okay. phil pringle um, yeah. Yeah, yeah the c3 churches yeah, yeah jonathan kelly yes yes we used to yeah so rob mason was the pastor at that time okay mm. And They're then, at the Churchlands High School now, aren't they? That no, it's that's Rob and Churchlands High School. No, that's North Coast now. Churchlands High School. No, I don't know. Who's no, there? I think uh, Rob I think and Karen C3. are over east. Oh, but if the church. Back, I, don't I know. think the church is they meeting at Church in Cambridge. Yeah. And then Jundalup was looking after them for a while, and then I don't know. But in between that, we built a house up here and then moved up the side. So. So you're at SC three here in no, Heaven Heights. No, I'm now Kingdom City. Oh, you're yeah, at Kingdom City. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Here at the uh, yes, next door. <laughs> Literally built across the road. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And our daughter was going there for, 
Oh, that's her own story there as well, our youngest. Um, she was going there. I remember begging her, can you just go to church once a month in the evenings? All your friends from Kingsway go there. Yeah. You're not alone. Just go once a month. So she went to Kingsway school? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, 11 and 12 I took out, but she went to Greenwood. Um, But, yeah, so she's just had her own journey, but then we just ended up there. Yeah, love it. Wonderful. The renewal, the uh, sort of um, Holy Spirit renewal, that happened in South Africa or here? South Africa, yes, South Africa. I was probably 2006 and 2007 mm-hmm. was the baptisms and <laughs> Wayne got baptized years before me, but he was, nobody prepared him for life falling apart. <laughs> after. And sometimes it does, if you're not prepared, oh my goodness. Um, so we were at that Baptist church yeah. and he just felt to get baptized. And they were baptizing people in running water, like a river. Yeah behind the altar and I I hate the cold <laughs> Still? so I yeah so I just said not violence I don't want anything to do with this because of the cold water anyway so but after that and that's another whole story but Wayne lost it well when I fell apart he resigned from traveling uh-huh. I forgot about that he spent time with you he saw he had he saw a glimpse of the real me with our children and he mm-hmm. resigned and yeah, we then went into business with friends. Don't do that, do that unless again. God tells you to do it. Um, but we got closer than ever. And in that year and a half, that that was apart from the healing. And yeah, we were a year and a half together. For six months at the end of that, he was looking for a job. We were selling left, right and center. We were selling things in our home. To, to, <laughs> just uh, to survive. Just to survive. My mum and dad were helping me. I think my mum more than my dad. Poor thing, he probably didn't know. Um, but yeah, we survived, but we survived well. We'd never, we, yeah, wouldn't want to change that for anything. Mm. It was tough, but it was just Good what tough. we needed. Yeah. So... In that time, he, we, we both went through a lot of personal growth and renewal. Um, and then I was, <laughs> we were in a connect group and the guy had a spa. Yeah. Yeah. So I got baptized in a spa <laughs> and it was fully, actually too hot. <laughs> fully immersed. <laughs> yes. He managed to push it out. Oh yeah. You had it nice and full. Oh okay. yes. No, fully immersed, but the water was 36 degrees. So I was happy. Well, <laughs> yeah. So long yeah, baptism. It was beautiful. You, yeah. re- you remain in the water. It's beautiful. Our girls were also baptized in the spa. Mm-hmm. Just beautiful connect group leaders. He had been a. Um, <coughs> I grew up a Jew. So he was mm. just a beautiful Christian man. I loved sitting at his feet, listening and questions, and yeah, they know, they know things. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, they they have studied. Yes. The meaning behind oh. the meaning. Meaning behind the meaning and, and I think the we words. Ignore, and, we ignore so much of the Old yes. Testament, unfortunately. So they understand so when they're talking yeah. about the New Testament, they understand so much. The so lenses. there was just so much beautiful healing and um, yeah. How did you get filled with the Holy Spirit? Hmm. Oh, that was a journey and a half. <laughs> I was incredibly stubborn, totally denying that I need to let go of myself. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. But eventually it happened. For, for me, it was eventually just literally lying face first on the floor mm-hmm. saying, God, I've had enough of not having this. I want it. Um, and then that's it. Yeah. But I'd had many prayer encounters, encounters yeah. and people praying for me. And, and your um, husband as well? 
Yeah, his was also many people praying, but then somebody said to him, go and sit on a rock in, by the sea because we live by the ocean as well. Um, and it happened for him on that personal space. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. So sometimes that's, because yeah, I suppose that's, yeah, where a lot more of that Did it uh, unlock something in you? Mm. Majorly? I, I was very involved in ministry and, and I remember being... When, when I left the Catholic Church, I really felt that God had said you're a bridge across denominations. Mm-hmm. And so I've always been interconnected with churches. Yeah. You know, what's happening now with geo networks and all that. I love it. it it's, I love that. Yeah. But my pastor at that time, his wife got concerned that I was spending a lot of time with other um, ministries. Yeah. And I really felt to go to this interdenominational women's camp. Mm-hmm. Um, and they said no, oh, they wouldn't go, or couldn't go with their, with their blessing. I just couldn't go. Anyway, I struggled with it. Eventually, Wayne said to me the one day, I said to him, oh, I'm feeling so. And he goes, well, who are you listening to, man or God? Mm-hmm. And I went, oh. So I went to the pastor and I said to him, if you had somebody and they said they felt that God said they need to do this, what would you say to them? Yeah. And he said, I'll tell them to listen to God. I said, well, I've got to go to this camp. <laughs> and he goes, well, you'll have to step out of ministry. Yeah. You were working. I was, yeah, well, all well, voluntary, but I was leading the women's ministry and Bible studies, and I'll wow. have to step out of that. And I said to him, well, then so be it. Um, and I went to this women's retreat um, weekend away, and my heart was circumcised. Mm. Um, so I'd already found, uh, um, baptized in the spirit, I'd been baptized, but there was that next step. And I can remember sitting under one of the evening messages and just sitting on the step praying. And I kept on picturing this, my heart with this hard rubber that yeah. was around it. Um, it wasn't a rock because every time I tried to peel it back, it would pop back up. Every t- And yeah. I tried to peel it yeah. back and I tried to peel it back. And I just sat there under that ministry um, and, he, and he just... Just did it, yeah. Mm. So that that was my. So you um, came back healed. Yeah, and, and I'm whole, so thankful. And free. And I said no to. And there was what no man guilt. was telling me to do. There was no guilt. No guilt. No guilt. Unfortunately, no. we did well. Not. A, I then felt that we would have to move to that church. It was a, a period of, but it was really hard not to just stay in a church where you now weren't in the ministry. It was. It was just tough. Mm. But when we went there for six weeks, we heard ministry on the kingdom of God. Yeah. And it was messages that I'd never heard before about Mm. the kingdom of God. And about two or three weeks after the finish of that, we moved here. Wow. So just the time and so the it, messages. It, you were on steroids, really. Yeah. By the. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) So it was good. It, It did prepare you. Yes. And, and learning to be obedient to God's word. Mm-hmm. Um, we still, I don't know if most people struggle with wanting to please man. Sure. Um, but we really have to fall on what is God calling you to do? Mm-hmm. Um, what is that conviction? And for mm-hmm. me, I just dry up and feel dead if I'm not following that. When so. did you transition into uh, into counseling and, uh, yeah. you know, coaching and, and stuff? Yeah. yeah. So moving here, got involved, also Bible studies and everything. And then as the couple of years in, as the new people's pastor at C3, mm-hmm. I 
in that position, there was a lady who had joined our church who became a chaplain and she yeah. needed a supervisor, a reflective practice person. Yeah. And so I've always been very involved in personal ministry and mm-hmm. learning. I've learned the Sozo, Emmanuel, oh, yeah, Sozo personal well. ministry. We um, used to be the Sozo yes. Center. So the prayer ministry. So I went for all those studies with, I can't think of a name, beautiful lady that came from America to do them, the training. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so did all of those, but then, yeah, so I was her supervisor, this lady. Mm. And I just, within the year, year and a half, possibly two years, I just fell in love with chaplaincy. I just loved what I was hearing and wanted to know more. And, you know, being with the organization Youth Care, uh, for me, they're owned by 13 member churches and mm. associate churches. <laughs> it is so interdenominational. Yeah. It's, it's bridges like bridges, like you The whole thing known. is just bridges. <laughs> and oh, so, yeah, I started working for them in 2013. So it was a few years of, yeah. of grow, um, continued growing and learning. Um, as a chaplain initially? And studies. So initially as a chaplain. Full time or just a couple of days a week? I was two days and very quickly to two schools. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was two primary schools local, big primary schools. And then yeah, carried on in that ministry. It was part of, but then very, um, involved in Kingdom City, involved in the personal ministry, prayer ministry there. Yeah. Uh, we did pre-marriage. I did some, we did some marriage counseling and that as well. Um, my husband's yeah also in that space where you can connect with people and share and so pre-marriage was something we got quite involved in did as you well. do the ancient pathways and uh foundations and yes. family foundations yes. and you've done all that well and some of them um because then it's a mixture of yeah when, when it's with the bigger church and sometimes mix them up some um, of our listeners may not actually know what a chaplain does what does mm. a chaplain do in schools so for me... This is state schools we're talking about. Yes. For youth care, we only place in public schools, in our state schools. And we are the ones that offer pastoral care. And this is for mental health, uh, social and emotional well-being. Um, so this is from friendship issues to the basic strategies. But it's not just for students. It's also for teachers. Yes. So that's for a whole school community yeah. because it's for families as Even well. Even parents yeah. if they need it. So we're there. And they, they do know that we are people of faith, mm-hmm. um, but it's not something that we, we, we don't prophetize. We don't preach Jesus, but we get to be Jesus. Um, mm. I love the idea, not the idea, I just love that I got to go to school and love on the community. Yeah. I... We are all inclusive. It's yep. for anyone and everyone. Yep. You know, you meet the person that's mm. family, staff, whoever, where they're at. Yes. And the best counseling, life coaching, anything is about having a spirit of curiosity. Yeah. <laughs> we want to know. We want to know about listening. you. We want to yeah. ask you about you and why you are who you are and what do you love. And from that, you just watch them go. Ah. Um. I just I love that. And we also, at the same time, we will run programs if needed. Yeah. So I used to do the Buzz program, which helped with friendship skills. So, mm-hmm. so I used to go into classrooms um, and run a couple of those programs, good fun ways. Um, yeah. You have the teachers with you helping or facilitating. So you're not the behavior person. Yeah. That's the teacher's job. And we get to do lunchtime programs. We mm-hmm. get to do a lot of chaplains do breakfast club. Um, 
we go on excursions where we have incidental conversations. Yeah. You know, I've had chaplains, yeah, they get involved in the incidental conversations where parents are so lost and confused and they just have this little chat with them and our job is to refer. Yeah. So our job is to refer on, go and talk to the school site, go and talk to the year ahead, go and talk to, and let's all work together yeah. to help the students. Wow. Beautiful. So I got very you know, I think, yeah. you know, when I look at schools, I think, you know, you've got a community of six, 700 oh. children, plus their parents, plus the extended family. Every school should have a church. You know, they've got a gym, they've got another cup area, they've got a, an area that you could rent out. You know, every school should be a church mm-hmm. as well. I mean, if, if we had that vision yeah. to have a church in every school, can you imagine how much? Yeah. There are a few. Yeah. But they then are. they sometimes when they get bigger they then move into they their own place where they don't have to pack out and pack up. I know. Yeah. It's just but the ministry <laughs> yeah, is powerful. Totally. You know, the mm-hmm. connection with the children, with the families, with yeah. the teachers. Just presence. Just presence. presence. Yeah. It's such a special um, space. And yeah. And then we did something crazy and my husband and I went overseas for two years. So twenty fifteen and sixteen. We Packed up, he got a job offer. Um, well, it's the same company, same space um, promotion to lead the team, the global team um, of trainers. So we moved to Aberdeen, Scotland. Yeah. And it with the, was with the children. No, Everybody. we left our 19 and 21 year old daughters here to carry on living their life and study in a brand new house with a one year old dog. Okay. And they, they're good kids. They thrive. They, they, they're beautiful. Well, they're. They're now married to the guys that were with them then. So they argue with me every now and again that, was that thriving? For the first six months, it was a bit of a wobble. But they've learnt, are they amazing? Yeah. They would have learned. They learned things that we could never have done for them here if we'd stayed. They, you know, they weren't going to go and live on their own. It's too expensive. It's really yeah. expensive for young yeah, yeah. adults to move out on their own. But it was just such a beautiful time. And they travelled. They came over a couple of times. Um, we... My brothers are over there, so I'd never met my nephew and them after 10 years. Nephew Could you speak niece, Scottish? Nephew, <laughs> no. Did you learn Scottish? No, Wayne, was, Wayne had to translate, even <laughs> though they speak in English, um, especially so in Aberdeen. He's, uh, yeah. He is a Scotsman. He could... No, he works internationally. Okay. So he understands a lot of accents. Yeah. yeah. So it's mostly the accent. They speak yeah, in of English. Course, of course, Most of them of would be speaking just, English to me. Yeah. But no, they'll throw in a Doric word or a yeah. Gaelic word and then... What are you saying? Um, and the Welsh are the worst for me. Yeah. I, I can't understand them. So he would. That's another language. That's he, another he'd story. worked for years in the global field, so he, yeah. he'd learnt to understand them a bit more. But got to know the family, travelled the world, and then finally studied my counselling. So oh, did I did that? it while I was away. Oh, yes. beautiful! Because so you had time. I had time. We'd go over to America, and while he was working, I'd be doing my assignments. Yeah. yeah it was good fun. Um, did the life coaching certificate, did the counselling. Who did you do your life coaching with? Uh, it's called Breakthrough Life Coaching. She's in America. Okay. Um, part of the, but it's, for me, it was finding the pieces of paper for things that I loved to do. Sure. Yeah. Because these days you need that, even yeah. though, I mean, you can be the best coach. Uh, you, you could do private work, but to get into institutions, yeah. you need you need something. You need the pieces of paper. And actually, when I came back to get back into chaplaincy, I needed that piece of paper because yeah. the government in about, I think it was 2015, we had to have different qualifications yes. to become chaplains. So at the end of 2016, I said to Wayne, 
I love you, but I've got to go back. <laughs> I was so over the cold. I really do hate the cold. It is cold. Oh, man. And Aberdeen is right up there in the, the northeast. Oh. Um, so it was a wonderful opportunity. The church there was amazing. What we learned with things that we saw, the things that we did. And we wanted to do three or five years, three to five years. So he was going to do another year on his own there. Yes. Um, but his boss said to him, Wayne, will you take this position back with you? Wow. <laughs> Phenomenal. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. So he actually is the only person in his team that lives in Perth. Mm-hmm. Um, God so he, work on our, he works on hours in the afternoon or late evenings? The, late, late afternoons into the evening, but yeah. the team understands. Yeah. So they've gotten into this rhythm. Mm-hmm. So, but the more, yeah, the, the, there's a rhythm and it's yeah. beautiful. And but he's got a team that's from New Zealand all the way over okay. to the um, the UK. So some of them are awake and he's talking to them, and some aren't. And um, but yeah, so he managed to bring that. So he only did six months on his own in Aberdeen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I came back here. I got back into chaplaincy, and after about a year, I went. Is there something more? I I did start my own counselling. I was doing some life coaching. I was still involved in ministry and. I felt that there was something more. And when this position came open for an area chaplain, to be able to help Christians firstly love what they do. Yeah. Because like you say, you have to love what you do to be working with the children. Yeah. Um, but then to love chaplaincy as much as I do, mm-hmm. I do miss the children every now and again. I really do. But put those two together, I and then... Connecting with the churches the way I do as an area chaplain. Yeah. With the pastors and all the different ministries. Meeting with church reps. Meeting with state members. Meeting with mayors and community developer officers. Just bridging, networking, connecting. Um, I, I, I love it. Yeah. yeah. So it, it was that was that next step that I went into. Mm. My daughter actually said to me just yesterday, are you still doing life coaching? I said, I'll always be a life coach and a counsellor. Yeah. Uh, just don't have the time right now. Mm. Um, but I do look after 30 chaplains who wow. I get to meet with only every term. But when they're having a hard day, they can call me. When yeah. they've had disclosures, we chat, you know, we make sure that they're doing what they need to do. I don't hear all the gory details. I'm glad. Yeah. <laughs> um, I get to check in on them and make sure that they're doing okay. Is it full time? Mm. Wow, yeah. and then this term is all about getting their recontracts, getting them back into schools. So there's quite a bit of admin. So much admin this. Too much. Yeah, As Wayne's job this term is when I'm going. Oh my gosh, there's more admin. You can't have the chaplains in the school without the admin. That's right. So he just reminds me of that. Yeah. Yeah. Well. But I, I'm. I, you know what it means. You know what it, yes. how important that work is, obviously, and you just humbly do it behind the scenes behind the curtain. and our organization's making it easier each time each year as well you know as we yeah so the now you mentioned easier. you mentioned you have a passion to bring you know the churches together communities mm-hmm. together and you're part of uh three geo networks <laughs> uh and i'm coming more and more into the sterling geo network yes. and uh, i just love the dynamics because i know some of the people mm. I've, you know i've been in a lot of networks myself yeah. And I think uh, what God is doing in our city is quite remarkable. It is remarkable. Uh, it probably, is amazing. I don't know too many other cities. I think Gold Coast is quite, uh, they've got a close mm-hmm. knit, especially because they had the Commonwealth Games and the prayer there and also leading towards the Olympics. Yeah. I think those, you know, long-term purposes, visions keep people together. 
but I, I, I love what Nick Scott is doing here and all the, you know, churches and the pastors getting together. Even for us north, you know, we, we get together twice a month. Yeah. Every fortnight uh, we have so breakfast. Good. And uh, in fact, on Thursday they were here. Oh, wonderful. So, um, yeah, it's, it's just phenomenal. It is. I'm loving it. I, yeah. And we get to do... One of my areas, so I'm in three different areas as an area chaplain. Yeah. So I've got yeah, these three specific, that's why yeah. <laughs> I'm connected to the three. And the one down south area where Nick Scott is, yeah. um, that we get together and pray, and I try and go there as often as possible, and I love praying with them, is one of my youth care councils do an ecumenical dinner mm-hmm. and I went to one of those and I just stood there sharing with them and thanking them for the support for chaplaincy Yeah, and was amazed by this room full of, I think it was about 120 different denominations, different people, different ages of all these just loyal people sitting there yeah. who were loving each other. <laughs> yeah. And then my one up near churches, they also have a chaplaincy dinner where all the different churches that mm. support us come together for a dinner. Yeah. And we get to have food together. So never mind our other meetings yeah. and everything. I get yeah. to see it beyond the pastors yes. coming together. We get to see them all. Just these families beautifully mm. coming together. Our conferences, though, is youth care. We've got 500 chaplains that come together. Wow. And they're from every denomination and every age. And every this is every year? Yeah. Yeah, it's just, a, it's a state conference? Yes. For one day? Yes. Uh, it's normally two days. Mm-hmm. We just did it now, but we did our first ever different locations. Okay. But that was in case there was COVID boundary kind of things. Yeah, yeah. Um, but normally we all come together, yes. Nice. And next April, we are celebrating next year our 50th. 50th anniversary. Anniversary. That's amazing. So they're all coming together for three days in April next year. Wow. That's just going to be amazing. But no. it's that whole interdimensional connection back then. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> I'm amazing. And some of our volunteers have been around since the yeah. beginning. Wow. Because yeah. it started with religious education in yes. the schools. Yes. Yeah. And then moved into chaplaincy. What what's next for you, Jenny? Uh, I mean uh, Natasha, what's what what do you want to do next? I want to carry on doing what I'm doing mm-hmm. until he tells me differently. Um, I feel that if he has shown me so beautifully in the past, yeah. the next step, he'll keep on showing me. Um, my flesh wants to say when I become a grandma, things are going to change. <laughs> You're still with but, children. Yeah. No, my girls got married eight months yeah. apart. So they are married and have been off on their own. And they, there's no plans for grandchildren straight away. So I am very content. I mm-hmm. am content in the way that God is using me um, in beautiful ways. My there's dream. Quite, there's is, quite a bit of freedom in the role. There is freedom in the role. Yeah. Because you're not stuck. And you're Not obviously one day is the same. Yeah. So that, that keeps you yeah. um, quite in a in a good state. My husband teases that every now and again I'm so religious about doing things differently that I make sure that I don't even have the same breakfast every day. Good. <laughs> I just I don't like doing the same thing every day. Yeah. Um however if 
I don't think it would be a tomorrow thing anyway, but if somebody said to me tomorrow that you had all the money and no restraints and just do whatever, I would love to see some kind of wholeness hub where there's everything from counseling, psychology, prayer ministry, exercise, worship, retreats, places for meditation. I just would love something like that. Yeah, there's no such Christian hub. Um, and I've been listening to some podcasts by um, a place in the States called Honey Something, and they've got that kind of thing. Um, mm. But it's, it's, and I suppose as a chaplain, I even more so know that healing is not a one man person thing. Even yeah. though God is the one that does the healing, it, yeah. it's through so many yeah. different avenues and people and, and ministries and, and years ears. <laughs> and years you know it, it yeah it's, even it's, when it's a radical it's conversion, years and years everything and even when it's a radical conversion there's still the layers that we need yeah. to work through and all that kind of stuff it's it's a you process know, when i tell people that i even said that the other night uh, last night actually when i was preaching i said to be a true christian is to be fully human and most people don't get it. They say, well, you don't want to be fully human. You want to be a godly human kind of thing. But the full restoration is the full restoration to humanity. Because mm-hmm. we lost our humanity with sin. I mean, Adam was perfect as a human being in the garden. So really for us here in this life, the restoration needs to, it, it can get to that place to be fully human again. Mm. To be made well again. To be made well. And I that mean, doesn't that was the mean question. perfect, you know. No, no. That's just living well. this life well. Yeah. yeah. But for me, the darker the world gets, we need to be helping the Christians realize you can carry on. You yeah. know, the, the Psalm 23, think, he's yeah, our shepherd, shepherd and we are the light and we are the salt and we we get to take that. You know, you know what I think the problem is in Christendom is that We've given people an entitlement kind of way of doing church and giving services to them. So if the church does it, they should do it for free for, or for an extremely small fee with volunteers if possible. And that's why the quality is not there and the time and people can't give the time. We are not used to paying for services. So if, if there was a hub like that and you wanted to have counseling or coaching or meditation or spiritual and 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 and, yeah. and many many yeah. of those things yeah. hmm. any other gym or any other you know yoga center you'd be happy to pay a membership or you'd be paying for the services yeah. you know you go for a massage you get you pay for those services yeah. you go to a gym you pay for the membership but there's an expectancy that if you come to church you get it for nothing yeah. so it these services cannot be given freely to the community without somebody being paid or somebody, you know, paying for those services. And I think that's where we lack as, you know, yes, it's wonderful that we help people and we should be, you know, God's hands and feet into this world. At the same time, to to grow the quality and the services and expand this and invite the younger people to to develop careers and become better at this, to become centers of excellence, not just centers of wellness. Um, there's a price to be paid. Yeah. 
and people need to learn to pay for those services. I remember when we did the personal ministry, we did charge a fee. Yeah. It's minimal. It's small compared to, but it does help people to take ownership of that yeah. change. But why is it so I minimal? Know. I know. So we're happy for them yeah. to come and just pay $10 or $20 yeah. to the counselor for an hour. And afterwards, they'll go to the corner drive through and spend $20 yeah. on, on, on a drive through which, first of all, is bad for them. Second of all, you know, it's, you know, they've just consumed something far, far greater that will enable them and empower them to do. I don't think they value the, you know, what they're getting. We haven't taught people. We, we haven't, um, we haven't produced a quality product that should sell itself in a sense. And then I, I go on a bit of a, as a counselor, I look at this space sometimes because sometimes then people will go to the doctor, get a mental health plan yeah. so that they can go to a psychologist yeah. who just because you've got the piece of paper doesn't make you a brilliant people person and yeah. able to help. And we've all Clinical got to look around to find the person that works with you well. Yeah. But they'll go and then pay something that sees them paying a huge gap between the Medicare and that. Yeah. And not go and pay the $70 yeah. to a counsellor who is trained and will help sure. them and walk with them. And yeah. But I'll go and pay the $250. Yeah. Anyway, that's a bit of a... I don't understand that because yet the, they'll go and buy the Maccas and the whatever and yeah. not think about that. Yeah. But then I'll only actually go and get help and it's going to cost me an absolute fortune. Or when they've gone too far. And they'll do, only do yes. it while they can afford it. It's not an ongoing yes. thing. It's not a, like, should I get skills for life? Should I go to the next like level? Mine was ongoing. Yeah. It wasn't just six sessions. Yeah. It was a long time yeah. of healing and processing. And, yeah. uh, it's very interesting. I have a... But give me all the money, I'll do it for free. Yeah. <laughs> but somebody else is That's right. Um, one of my spiritual fathers, um, Dr. John Kelly, uh, is an apostle, a mighty man of God. He used to say to me, Nathaniel, uh, if you don't have a spiritual father, buy yourself one. And uh, it, it just sounds odd. How, how do you buy a father? He said, no, 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 like that. I tell him, buy him lunch, buy him dinner, Bless. buy him coffee, buy him a trip away, buy him a, you know, a retreat and spend time with him. Could have someone. And he said, you make the effort yeah. to, to value his time and honor him. And you will see how they'll pour their life wow. into into you. That's that's Value a very wise man. And put my, yes. Yeah. It's a it's a wise man. Wow. Because usually we want it the other way. We want a spiritual dad who will carry us all through. Yeah. And we don't want to pay the price. Eventually you will because you'll pay it to the next generation. You know. It's the consumer person. Yeah. yeah. Just give, give, give. Mm. And I think we got to teach, because then these jobs, all these uh, tasks and callings that we are. Uh, valuing in this discussion our children they won't be attracted to do them because they can't leave out of them so then you don't get the best of the best doing these uh, ministries you'll get people who are at best you know either who have a call on their life and they'll do it a few hours a week or others who have the luxury to do it or others who are not that good at it to do it to make it in the real world and they'll just do it on the side yeah but you know so many arts, music. I mean, you look in every mountain, in every domain, 
there's so much ministry to be done by professional and people i mean i coached a ceo in romania a large organization very successful business and i coached him for over two years and eventually after two years this was professional life coaching after two years he gave his life to the lord he became a christian and then he paid he actually said to me nathaniel and this is hundreds of dollars every coaching session he said to me nathaniel i from now on i want you to coach me spiritually hmm. he said i'm happy to pay you know but i want you to coach me spiritually i don't want the professional development i want the spiritual development and because his mindset was wired that way he was ready to pay for somebody right. for their spiritual development for personal spiritual growth and i thought you know People who come out of the world and they understand the value of having somebody in their lives to grow. And this guy grew exponentially by having that one-on-one on a weekly basis with us. And, uh, you know, I was going to do it for free as well. You know, I actually thought that once he became mm-hmm. saved, he'll expect me to do it for nothing. But quite the opposite. He, um, he wanted to yeah. pay for it. He still pays for it. We still meet on a weekly basis as we speak. And he, you know, he got baptized, he got filled with the Holy Spirit, Beautiful. and he's about to plant a church in another city. And he's journeying, uh, you know, in this, this carries on. And I thought to myself, well, that, that is a good model, you know, bringing CEOs into the kingdom, giving them total presence, giving them value, <laughs> and helping them grow. And I think we need to professionalize, in a sense, our... our um, job description mm-hmm. because you know you've done counseling you've done coaching mm-hmm. you've got all these tickets mm-hmm. all these licenses mm-hmm. plus all the experience mm-hmm. in the school plus all the training and everything mm-hmm. and uh, then somebody expects you to do mm-hmm. this for thirty dollars yeah. an hour yeah do you know what i mean <laughs> yeah so it's just one of those things which irritates me because i yeah. love excellence i love quality to grow i love a wellness center oh, a yeah. spiritual wellness yeah. center christian mm-hmm. spiritual wellness mm-hmm. center I mean, a hub. And, but it, yeah, you pay for it like you would Services. to go to a spa retreat yeah. for a week. You know, it, it's, yeah. and that, imagine a whole week. There's yeah. different things and how yeah. you'd come out on the other side. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, just spending, meditating, you know, growing, um, healing. Back, back to the chaplaincy a little. It, it's that whole, what we've seen over the last six years is an increase in the professionalizing, yeah. the excellence, the, yeah, we, we even now going to be um, continuing that into yeah. next year and watching and allowing them to learn and continue growing. And then from that, quite a few of them are studying their um, graduate diplomas or their masters. Yeah, for those, psychology. Yeah, and whether they grow, philosophy. Some, quite a lot of them are doing yeah. psychology as well. Whether they stay as chaplains or not, they're always looking at ways to improve and grow in that. Yeah. Um, but I would say, obviously, down the line, they'll be using those skills that they've learned with those pieces of paper to hopefully really, really impact our world in that ministry. Mm. Because one of the reasons why I believe our job's getting harder as chaplains is because the stigma of mental health um, and all of that is decreasing. It's still there, but it's not like it used to be. No, no, people talk about it People now want to talk. Especially about COVID as well. So they're coming to us, yeah. you know, and, and so therefore we do need more counsellors. Oh. We do need more psychologists, but we need the whole team, yeah. not just 
Because the, there's a space for the clinical psychology. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, but not have all of them need clinical psychology. And they're not always in the community. They're not so much in the fabric. Yes. They're a little, a little bit detached. Whereas the chaplains are in the trenches. They're in the messiness they're of life. They're just growing in. And, and even though they're not counselors in that school environment, yeah. they get into walk side by side and they'll be able to help with certain vocabs and then be able to refer to the spaces that they need to go. I think what you guys are doing is absolutely excellent. So, yeah, content and happy right now. Love it. What an absolute privilege. And as long as we are there, yeah, it's amazing what God's doing. I think this is beautiful, uh, Natasha, to be content and happy Mm. in the call of God on your life and Mm. doing it every day. Because a lot of ministers and a lot of people doing ministry are always excited about the next Oh, God will do this, God. And it's nice to look towards the mm. future. But a lot of them are miserable now. Or very unhappy or unsatisfied. Is, the life coach in me goes, no, you need to love what you're doing yeah. now, otherwise move. Yeah. <laughs> love what you're doing, but always have a dream. Yeah. I've always got this, you yeah, know, yeah. I've got something in my back pocket. That, yeah, but to be content yeah. is a massive yeah. thing. Massive thing. We love and our I think life. Only, only God can bring that ease, that peace, that rest. Because when you work out of that position of rest, I mean, you bring so much blessing to the people. I often feel that I want to do more for the local church and the sure. this and that, but you know, God just reminds me because I actually start to feel a bit of a dis-ease when I get caught up in that. Yeah. And then I, because no, I am in the local church and working and can. But every time you go to another circle or a discussion, you realize, hang on, yeah. this is it. Yes. This is it. Yeah. 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 Um, and I get to take my church wherever I'm going. So yeah. I, I just, I, I'm loving it. You know, I'm, I'm learning so it. much from you tonight. Yeah. And I think our listeners oh, are, are learning so much. It's just beautiful because you took us on a trip a little bit more into that space where, you know, if you don't have children or school children or you've had, you probably forget about that space, mm-hmm. how powerful it is and how much impact these chaplains do have in the schools. And a lot of them, you know, open the doors for religious education as well. Yeah into the schools which is fantastic, uh, phenomenal because yeah. we need we need that connection with the another space that people can get involved with if they're not you know chaplain chaplain the chaplains help with a lot of volunteers coming in so yeah. there's there's a couple of programs out there ed connect and all of that um there are other ways that people can get involved the schools are always needing that extra support um, yeah not every well, single one but there's always some we're space. moving into a very dense area with schools and we're excited about what will happen there so i'm actually looking for some volunteers to to you know get into the schools to start uh, serving the community that way and it's everything from the breakfast club to helping with a group of students reading to lunchtime programs so there's actually a a variety depending on what the school's needing Mm. Uh, there's a variety and and as chaplains, we get to be part of the connection with that, which is yeah, really cool. which is beautiful. Mm. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming to the show tonight and just sharing your story. Thank you for having me. And uh, as I said, you know, the greatest takeaway is just the fact that yeah. you're happy and content in the season because I think a lot of us, even myself, need to have this awareness more the present situation, how could we have it? Even in the midst of everything that's going on, just to come back to gratitude and just be thankful in everything and just humbly carry on 
Amen. Because this could be the best time. Oh, and the heart of grace. If you make it. Amen. If, yeah. if you make it the best time. Amen. Wow. Beautiful, eh? Love this. Hopefully you love this too. And I just pray that from the story you take a few pointers away. And if you can become content and happy with what the Lord is doing in your life in this present time, I think that is a beautiful state to be in. And um, just be reminded that we have a role in the community for our children, for other families. And if you can connect with some of the chaplains in your area and see how you can support them and how you can volunteer and help the local school and the local church, this could be an amazing opportunity for you to sow into the ministry. So start looking for opportunities and do something amazing for God. Uh, we also would love for you to share this content wherever you're consuming it, whether it's uh, via YouTube or other podcast platforms that you're listening to this. Share it with other people. Give us five stars on, <laughs> on uh, iTunes, Apple Podcasts at the moment. And just help us share these wonderful stories with other people. We look forward to seeing you next time at Kingdom Stories from Down Under. Thank you for joining us on Kingdom Stories from Down Under. We'd love it if you would subscribe, rate, and share these stories with your wider community. And remember, every story is worth sharing, including yours.